Um, in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to put these verses up here for you. God is speaking about the cradle of Christmas. And he says here, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of man. Now for us, as we think about Christmas coming, the overriding emotion for us, the overriding feelings at this time is one of joy. And it's supposed to be. You know, the angels say, you know, unto you, you know, there's joy, rejoice. We're supposed to be rejoicing. And, and, and we celebrate it with all sorts of things, with lights and cookies and, and families and the giving of gifts to one another. We love Christmas. And we, we love the feeling of Christmas. But folks, I want to tell you, if we would see it from the eyes of Jesus Christ, what it meant, Christmas, for Christ to be born on this earth, the overriding emotion wouldn't be joy. It would be humility. A humbling of himself. He said in verse 5 and 6, he said, Had this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Although he ex already existed in the form of God. Folks, don't rush past that. Jesus Christ was God before he came down here. Jesus Christ was in the glory of heaven. Jesus Christ, you can keep that up. Jesus Christ was, was you know, all of the, the joys, everything that we look forward to. He was experiencing that all before he came and he was born in a manger. He didn't suddenly step in and, and, and be created when he came to, to be born. Remember what he said when he walked on this earth? He said, before Abraham was, I am. He would say that I and the Father are one. He would talk about that he was before the creation of the world. Jesus Christ, you know, existed eternal long before he came to this earth. Jesus had great ultimate glory from God in living in heaven. But it says, he did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that, that's not in our nature. We grasp things. If I've got a title, I want you to recognize it. If you you know, infringe on my privileges, I'm going to take you to court. We hold on to those things. But Jesus Christ, he says he stepped away from all of those things. He emptied himself. He gave up the, the unlimited access that he had to his godness. Yes, you know, certainly many of the things that he did on this earth, he, he, he tied into that power of who he was. But compared to what he had, you know, basically he emptied himself of all of that eternal glory that was his. And the cradle of Christmas, it represents that very first step of humility in the life of Christ. So when you see a nativity scene, when you hear about the Christmas story, think of it from Christ's point of view. Think about the humility. And, and his humility, it even deepens if you consider how he chose to come. He didn't 
choose to be born into a rich family so he could have had unlimited resources to kind of springboard his ministry. He didn't choose to be born into a political family where he would have, you know, instantly had influence, you know, to be able to, you know, tell people about the gospel. He wasn't even born into a religious family, a religious hierarchy, I should say, family like the, uh, the high priests or the Pharisees. You know, he would have instantly had a platform to speak to the hearts of people if he would have been. You would have thought of that. But no, Jesus Christ chose a very common couple. He chose Joseph and Mary. They were ordinary. Well, actually, they were probably a little underordinary. They were very poor. It says they couldn't even afford the traditional sacrifice of a lamb for the firstborn, that they had to you know, offer the, the, the poverty sacrifice of, of two turtle doves. And that is how Jesus Christ came. He chose Joseph and Mary. Christ's humility in coming, it foreshadows the type of ministry that he's going to have here while he walked on this earth. And ultimately, it foreshadows the price that he is going to pay for every single one of us here, every single one of us that are watching this today. But what does the cross have to do with Christmas? Well, let me give you a better question than that. What would Christmas be without the cross? What would Christmas be without the cross? You know, certainly it would still be a, a, a tremendous event. I mean, just thinking God coming down in human form among us, certainly it would be something that we talk about certainly would be worthy of, for thousands of years, the stories being handed down one after another. But if God just came down for a visit, if the whole reason that he came down here was to do some miracles so we would know that he was real and that he really exists, you know, if that's the only reason that he came, then it wouldn't be the same event that we celebrate, you know, here in December. The cradle, I believe, sits in the shadow of the cross. Christmas is all about the cross. You know, Christ made it very clear. He said in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Right out of the cradle. He's the Savior. He came down as the Savior of the world. He would go on, he would say in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He would say, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Why did he come? Why was he born in a stable? He came to seek. And he came to save you from your sins. Later in Matthew he would say, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and why did he come? To give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus Christ was not a victim of the cross. I mean, Judas didn't surprise him. The Pharisees, they didn't outmaneuver Jesus. The Romans, they didn't overpower Jesus Christ. From the moment that Christ took his first breath, 
here on this earth. His compass was pointed to the cross to give his life as a ransom for many. I mean, don't think that Jesus walked the our streets and he just saw what a horrible condition, you know, mankind's going. He says, I got to do something about this. Now, that isn't what happened. He came to do something about it. Right out of the cradle. To be the Savior. To seek you. To save you. From the moment he entered the public eye. Remember, what does John the Baptist, what did he say? He said, behold the Lamb of God that, what? Takes away the sins of the world. I mean, from that moment, it was all about Jesus Christ becoming the Lamb of God. So Christ's humility, we can see it's twofold. Number one, in him humbling himself to be, to be born into humanity, to step out of heaven. And secondly, it is seen as him embracing the cross, a torturous, horrible way to die, to shed his blood, to become the savior of the world. He then humbles himself he humbles himself. He takes on that torturous cross, and he dies for you and I. It says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, In being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Even the death of a cross, even that horrible death, he humbled himself to that point. Well, I want to I personalize this for just a moment here with us, whether you're listening here or whether you're here live today. Um, all that we celebrate, you know, all that Christ did, we need to remember that he did it for you. He did it for me. And sometimes in the midst of all, uh, you know, the, the glory of Christmas, we forget that. Now, most of you probably have heard of the, the kids' book, Where's Waldo?, Everybody kind of know where Where's Waldo is, what it is? Yeah, yeah, it's a, if you've ever seen it, you open up and there's, you know, pages and there's all sorts of activity, all sorts of color and different things that you can see going on. And somewhere in that picture, there's a little character named Waldo. And the fun of it is to try to find Waldo in the midst of, of, all, of all of that chaos. Well, I want to do that for us. I want you to find yourself where you are in this Christmas story. We've brought a lot of things to it. We've brought a lot of lights and a lot of color and a lot of pageantry that all surround Christmas. But the real question is, can you find yourself in the Christmas story? Do you see where you come in to everything that was taking place here? For a moment, just slow down just all of our busy preparations and try to put ourselves, see where we are in this story. In the cradle, you were there. You were there on the mind of Christ as he came down to this earth to say, I came to seek and to save you, to save Larry Marvel. That's why I came down, to, to seek you, to find you, and then to save you. In the life of Christ, Every single miracle that he did, every message he preached was, was, was with the goal of you coming to realize this is the Messiah. This is that Jesus is who he says he is. That he is the Son of God. You're there during all that three-year three ministry. 
Christ is trying to get your attention, my attention. Because finally at the cross, you are there. Every single drop of blood that he shed, every single you know, scar that he bore, we're in his heart. He's doing it for you to become a ransom, a payment for many. And if you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, he did that for you. So the birth of Christ, the cross of Christ, probably the two greatest shows of humility that have ever, ever occurred in all of history. But I have a secret for you. Maybe it's not a secret. I have something to tell you. Though this story starts in humility, it does not end in humility. Christ would say in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 and 11, he says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and those on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I mean, what a powerful verse. For this reason, for what reason? Because Christ humbled himself and was born as a man and, and came in a cradle. For what reason? that he humbled himself and took on the torturous cross to shed his blood for you, to shed his blood for me. God the Father, because of this, highly exalted him and gave him a name. Folks, think about that for just a second. Before Jesus came to this earth, and kind of look back into the Old Testament here, he had some very powerful names. I mean, he's called the creator, the sustainer. He's called all-powerful. You know, the, the, the Israelites knew him as the, the lion of Judah. But here it says, because of the cradle, because of the cross, what he has done, because of all of this, it says Jesus has been given another name. And folks, I believe He's been given many more names. Added to the name of Jesus, you have Redeemer. You have Forgiver. You have Messiah, Savior, Lamb of God, Light of the World, the Great High Priest. He's called Emmanuel, God with us, Wonderful, Counselor. He's the Light of the World. He is the Bread of Life. He is the Christ. That is what happened because of his humility. He ends this story, the whole truth of this is that it has ended in glory. Jesus Christ, gone back to his Father, God, gone back into heaven as a payment for your sin and for my sin. Hebrews 12, 2, it says looking, it says looking only at Jesus, the origin and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, he despised the shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of glory, the throne of God, ultimately glory because of humility. 
He would say in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, there's a song, an eternity ending, that is sung of Jesus Christ. And it says, they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to break its seals, for you were slaughtered and you purchased people for God with your blood from every tribe, language, people, and every single nation. Jesus Christ, worthy to take possession of all of the world. Jesus Christ, worthy to, to be enthroned forever. Worthy of all the glory, worthy of all of our praise. So I ask you again, in the midst of all of this story that we have, everything that God has done for you, where are you in the picture? Where are you? Where are you? Are you at the feet of the cross? Are you praising God for being your Savior, for forgiving your sins? Have you given your life, your heart to him to be your Lord? Are you a child of God today? Or are you on the outside looking in? You know, the view's pretty good from the outside looking in at these things, and, you know, you, you, can, you can get a good feeling about it, and it, it certainly brings a level of joy but then you walk away and nothing. Today, all of that can change for you. Your story could change here today, right now. Whether you're here in this sanctuary, whether you're listening to us online, the end of this story could be different. And it all pivots on what you do with Christ's shed blood on the cross. Do you accept him as your savior? To be the Lord of your life? Do you give your heart to him? Do you confess yourself a sinner in need of a savior? And then you lay your heart before him and accept him. In a moment, I'm going to pray. If you would like to do that, I, I invite you to pray along with me. Those of you who know Christ as your Savior, pray for any of those who are hearing this that may not. And even those that, you know, kind of are on the fence and not sure if they're saved or not, pray for a clarity. This is the decision that is way too important. You miss on this one. You miss for all eternity. Let's pray. Father, I stand up here and, and I quote your truth and your word. And Father, I got to say, Lord, I am just, I am broken and humbled before you. To understand, Lord, fully, to, not just in my head, but in my heart, to understand what you did for me. And how much you wanted me to be a child of yours. The length that you went to make that available. So, Father, right now I'm praying for anyone here who maybe they're not sure whether they're a child of yours, whether they are forgiven. Lord, as they pray in their heart that we, we open ourselves to you, we confess to you that we cannot earn your forgiveness, that it is only what you have done on the cross to save us. And right now, Father, through no effort of my own, I humbly give myself to you. Thank you, Lord, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, Father, we are saved. Thank you, Father, for any who have done that today. And Lord, I, I just ask that you would help me, you know, not to forget as I go through this, these next two weeks 
of Christmas celebration, Lord, bring me constantly back to the cradle, constantly back to the cross.